Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Jonathan de Burke Butler uh, joins us once again uh, to bring some stories from other parts of the world or the other parts of the world that. Uh, aren't being regularly reported on at the moment. Afternoon, Jonathan. Sean, how are you getting on? Uh, right, now Canada we're going to go to first and uh, a security company has sued Air Canada. Yeah, you might remember there was a heist back in April of this year at uh, Pearson International Airport in Toronto um, and that came uh, after a plane from Switzerland which was uh, owned by Air Canada um, and had been hired by Brinks International landed at the airport, uh, unloaded its cargo and 42 minutes later had the cargo stolen by what appears to be one single individual who still hasn't been caught. Now, Brinks International uh, were hired to transport these goods which were worth 20 million Canadian dollars. So that's about equivalent of about 14 million euros, right? And there was... On the plane were uh, gold bars that weighed over 500 kilos and $2 million in cash, right? So it was quite a significant... <laughs> so this one individual was also a huge bodybuilder well, as well. Apparently so, yeah, 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 absolutely. So anyway, there, there, there's more to it. And so they'd been hired by a bank and a precious metal company to coordinate the shipment of the goods. And obviously they hired Air Canada. And mm. they say that Air Canada basically were reckless and failed to prevent the theft. Now, they might have a point because they say in the lawsuit that they filed in the Federal Court of Canada on the 6th of October, that no security protocols or features were in place to monitor, restrict or otherwise regulate unidentified individuals' access to facilities. And the fact that a person was able to get in there with an airway bill for an unrelated shipment and apparently go up to the Air Canada guy who was on the door and say, hey, buddy, I'm just going in to get my shipment. And he said, OK, fire away. And then wandered away, I would assume with a pallet truck of some sort, with the shipment... (laughs) Uh, is why Brinks International are a little bit annoyed and why they're taking them to court. Yeah, you'd, it's understandable, really. It uh, is. Uh, the, the perpetrator of this crime, were they ever apprehended? Well, this is the thing. We st- we still don't know. Uh, it hasn't been solved yet, so we don't know who, who did it. Uh, and in the meantime, Brinks International, what is it, six, seven months later, are now coming back and saying, look, uh, it doesn't look like we're going to catch this guy anytime soon. You guys Air Canada are at fault here. We hired you to do a job. Your protocols weren't in place. You were sloppy, so we're suing you mm. for the full whack. And so the guy, the guy who let him in, presumably watched him go out in, on a forklift with you know a huge pile of cash and a load of gold on well, a pallet. I, I assume it wasn't sort of <laughs> it, it didn't have a label on it saying yeah. gold bars and <laughs> that kind of thing. So he might those, he may not have known. You know those bags with the swag things written yeah. on them. It was probably one but of them. It, it, it does bring to mind an episode of The Simpsons. It has to be said, <laughs> yes. like you know. So, yeah. yeah, I wonder is does he still have his job? Right, uh, <laughs> uh, Japan. We're going to go to now and uh, a church there, or what was an alleged church. Uh, has now not got a religious status. Yeah, that, that's what they're looking for, the government of Japan. So you've heard of the Moonies. Uh, yeah. This is, they're known as the Unification Church. They have yeah. a much longer name than that. But they've been around since 1954. They were founded by Sun Myung Moon, who is a Korean, uh, hence the name Moonies, Sun Myung Moon, uh, who is a Korean and an anti-communist. Uh, it's interesting how they came to be so popular in Japan. They were encouraged to come into the country by various different politicians at the end of the 50s who were worried about you know, communism and uh, trade unions, the rise of those those mm. institutions uh, and those ideas in Japan after the Second World War. Um, so they were encouraged, as I said, by certain politicians and they got quite a bit of a following. Now, you'll remember Shinzo Abe, who was yes, the prime course, minister, yeah. who was assassinated in July of 2022 
it's believed that the man or the man who shot him basically said that he did it because of Shinzo Abe's alleged connection to this particular church. Now, he wasn't a member of the church, but we know that he basically sent message of support to events that the Moonies um, organised and he, a little bit of money might have gone their way as well. Uh, and so the man who assassinated had said that two decades earlier, his mother had handed over something to the tune of 700 million euros to this church. And as a result, they were bankrupted. So he saw a connection between Abbe, this church and his own misfortune. OK, yeah, yeah. that's why he shot him. All right. Um, off the back of that, several investigations were launched and it turned out that several members of the Liberal Democrats party, that's Abbe's party, uh, were also members of this particular church. So it began to raise questions about their influence in Chinese politics. So the prime minister that came in after him, Fumio Kishida, a member of the same party, by the way, Mm. uh, launched an investigation into the church's activities. Um, There were claims around putting pressure on members into donating huge sums, as the, you know, the assassin had alleged. And now the government has asked a court to strip the unification church of its religious status um, and that would mean that it would lose tax exemptions, basically, and obviously, you know, things that they can do as mm. a religious organisation. Yeah, I think the Moonies have been involved in controversy before, but particularly in relation to extracting money out of people. They so, have. They're, yeah. they're famous for their very large weddings of individuals yeah. uh, yes. as well. Yeah, so they, they, they are, it, it, that's their biggest... Uh, characteristic, I suppose, is yeah. these large donations that they get. It, it it sounds like a certain church about six hundred years ago that was yeah. uh, was alleged <laughs> of the same thing, and they're still doing okay. So you never know. Yeah, well, so we'll see how that uh, how that pans out. Right uh, now, I suspect. Uh, we're going to go to Kenya now, but the person at the centre of this story may well be the same person who, who pulled off that heist in in, in uh, Canada, given <laughs> the uh, uh, brass neck. Uh, so uh, this per- uh, this lawyer isn't really a lawyer. Yeah. So what we're going to do here, just to make this easier, is we're going to we're going to say a name, Brian Moenda, and we're going to say fake Brian Moenda, and we're going to say real Brian Moenda. Yes. And the reason I'm doing that is because on the fifth of August, 2022, Brian Moenda, the real Brian Moenda was admitted to the bar and his correct email address was captured and an account was opened up for him in the Advocates Portal of the Law Society of Kenya. And so that was fine, okay? However, because he was working for the Attorney General at the time, he never accessed the portal because you have to do that in order to order your practising certificate and that kind of thing. But another chap by the name of Brian Mwenda, who really is called Brian Mwenda, okay, but he is fake lawyer Brian Mwenda, somehow found out that his namesake had qualified as a lawyer and was practising law. So Mm. he was able to somehow, there's a lot of gaps in this story, I'll warn you, (laughs) was able to access the society's portal. He Mm. tampered with the account details of the man who was the real Brian Mwenda, uploaded his own photo and went on to practise law and say that he practised law within the country. Not only did he say that he practised law, but he went on and he did actually stand up as a barrister, I assume, and uh, and he won 26 cases. He yeah. won all his cases, apparently, without legal training. At all? At all, apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, and this, I don't know what that says about the uh, Kenyan legal system or what it says at all, to be honest with you, but it's certainly a very strange situation. Uh, and have they apprehended fake Brian Mwenda? Uh, they have apprehended fake Brian Mwenda and he has, I think there is going to be, the Director of Public Prosecution has said that he might face prosecution and he certainly ordered an investigation. Now, fake Brian Mwenda has, it should be said, 
a few champions. Uh, and he has taken to social media to basically say, all of this can be explained. I will make a statement and I'll give you context. You can see how he's a barrister yes. uh, in, in the future and you'll find out why I did it. Uh, and there's a few politicians, not with very good reputations. I think there was the ex-mayor of Nairobi, who's a bit of a colourful individual, has gone on um, social media with him, v- videos with him, saying that this is a great guy. He's a mastermind, you know, to win 26 uh, mm. cases is is quite staggering. Um, but yeah, it looks like he might be in trouble. And But you never go. He'll go to, go to prison for a few months and then come out and be a celebrity superstar. Uh, well, interesting that they haven't actually uh, definitively decided whether to prosecute him or not. Maybe they're worried about what might come out in the course of this it, trial it, and how easy it is to pretend to be a barrister. Indeed, that's a good, it's a good shout. And, and, and as I said, there's a, there's a lot more questions than answers in this case. And one of the questions that I wasn't able to answer, but I'm really curious about is he won the 26 cases. What is the status of those cases now? Yes. And if they're yeah. actually, you know, do they have to go to retrial or whatever it is? Um, I don't know. And I'd love to know what kind of cases there were as well. Yeah. You know, were they very serious ones or was it just, you know. You'd wonder about real Brian Mwenda as well. Is his career ruined or has he won any cases? Well, I don't know because he only, the reason that the fake Brian Mwenda was caught was because in September of 2023, real Brian Mwenda tried to get into his portal and he couldn't. So he alerted the Law Society of Kenya mm-hmm. about that. So he was only, a real Brian Miranda was only getting his practicing certificate and starting to uh, become, do his barring or whatever, bar, yeah. be, being a barrister um, in September of this year. So uh, it's only a month ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. What is the verb of being a barrister? Is it to bar? To, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I should say, know. I have a lot of barrister spoof. friends. Uh, possibly. Uh, right, Guatemala we're going to go to next and uh, uh, at some post-election tensions there. Yeah, so you remember back in the summer we spoke a good bit actually about Bernardo Arevalo who um, is president-elect now of Guatemala. Now, he is a 65-year-old uh, politician, obviously he ran for president and he won in a landslide Uh, in August of this year. But not everybody's particularly happy about it. And it looks like there are political moves to get him uh, to see if he if he actually won't become president. So it's due to he's due to be sworn in in January, as so many presidents around the world are. Um, But the attorney general there is trying to get it stopped. Now, the supporters of Bernardo uh, Arevalo are basically saying that an investigation that was launched into his party was started after he had won the first round or after he had come out tops in the first mm. round. He didn't win yeah. the election until the second round. And they're saying it's ridiculous that this um, that this investigation was launched into his party after he had shown some promise in the first round. So yeah. they're clearly saying, look, this is politically motivated. It's got very serious now, right? These pro- protesters have gone out onto the, st- the streets. They're asking for this attorney general to resign. She's not moving. Um, for the first seven or eight days, things were peaceful, but now it looks like gangs, supporters of, of you know, the the losing parties have now infiltrated these peaceful protests and they're beginning to beat people up and attack people. And I believe one person died yesterday or the day before and two people were very seriously injured. And and so, like, it's it's one of these classic situations where... You know, there's political interference, mm. but it could get very serious. And where you've got a country that's just not that long out of a civil war, which lasted from, what was it, 1960 to 1996, 
tensions like this and, you know, an interruption to the transfer of power is not a good thing. Yeah. And have they said what they're investigating them for? It was something to do around registration of the party. Uh, So the party is is relatively new. I think it was only started in 2017. Uh, But the AG and Guatemala's Supreme Electoral Tribunal are saying that there are problems around Registration. It's a total spoof, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and, and this is a guy who ran on a ticket of anti-corruption. And as you know, <laughs> it's rife. You know, the yeah. last the last president or one of the last presidents we spoke about, Jimmy Morales, yeah. who also won a landslide, is, is now in jail as far as I know. Yeah, a lot of people texting in to say they, they like barristering uh, as a word. Barristering. But, it, uh, but it's actually to practice at the bar. To practice at the bar, of course. Yes. That's yeah. terrible. Uh, and somebody wonders, will um, Brian be representing himself? I think you should get fake Brian Mwanda to be represented by real Brian Mwanda and that would make it look like he didn't really mind. There's a Netflix documentary. In <laughs> there is, way, absolutely, sure. yeah. yeah. Right, Mauritius, we're going to go to uh, lastly and uh, they've decriminalised same-sex relationships. Yeah, it's it's one of these stories, I suppose, that we cover a lot, but uh, it's something that should be marked, I suppose. Yeah, it's Mauritius, um, which has basically said that uh, it is going to decriminalise same-sex relations. It's been there uh, since the British were there. They criminalised sodomy, as they called it, back in 1898. Um, and it's been in. It, it's been part of law in Mauritius ever since. Um, the man who brought the case was a man by the name of Abdul Ridwan Firas Asik, and he argued that the offence of sodomy, as he called it, breached his basic rights, including the right to liberty, the Supreme Court found in his favour. And interestingly, they said that the law did not reflect any indigenous Mauritian values, but was inherited as part of our colonial history from Britain. So mm-hmm. the judge giving a little bit of a dig there to the... To, to the um, to the former uh, colonialists. Um, um, so that's interesting. And um, uh, 64 countries now worldwide have laws that criminalise homosexuality still, but this is the latest in Africa to get rid of it. Right, OK, so what should we look out for over the next week or so? Yeah, a few things to watch out for. Um, Duane Davis is in court charged with the murder of Tupac Shakur uh, on mm. Thursday. That's 1996, I think, yeah. Tupac Shakur was murdered and they're finally bringing someone to court about that. Argentina is holding presidential and uh, legislative elections on Sunday as well. That'll be interesting. It's not expected that there'll be a winner in that first round. uh, But there are a few candidates, including a guy called Javier Millet, um, who looks like a bit of a Trump figure there. And uh, he looks like he might get in eventually. And then on the same day, the International Stammering Awareness Day, which is on Sunday. And if I can make a little plug, I have a piece in the examiner uh, Today, about that, where I spoke to uh, three people who have stammers and it's they were absolutely brilliant people to speak to. So if you want to have a read of that, I'd highly recommend my own work. Indeed, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> excellent piece in the Examiner today. Jonathan Burke, thanks, Butler, thanks a million. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.